You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. time somebody updates the lyrics to motley Crue's classic girls 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 because you know hey as much as i love a song that's simply nothing more than an ode to banging strippers we live in different <laughs> times we need to be a little more woke we need to be a little more sensitive i suggest bodies 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 not only is it gender neutral it's still objectifying the subject so i think it's a win for everybody everybody's objectified everybody gets everybody it's just bodies <laughs> bodies bodies everywhere that's all the that song is older than every person in this movie that is true and, and perhaps older than some of the people on this review <laughs> boy talk about a movie that made me feel old <laughs> definitely a bunch of pretty 20 something except for lee pace who looks ripped but i'm like at least this dude's my age lee pace is going to catch my references. <laughs> by the way, if you haven't figured out, I am the grumpy old man on this review. My name is Marco. I am joined by younger, less grumpy, or at least younger people, Frank. I I am not grumpy at all, actually, but I am pretty fucking old. So hey. yeah, but you look younger than you really are. Thank you, Marco. I wasn't begging, by the way. You'd ever have to beg with me, Frank. And Ben, who looks exactly the right age. Hey, I'm just a properly young curmudgeon. <laughs> It's okay. Ben is our curmudgeon intern, you know, but one day he'll be a full-blown curmudgeon. And Sarah Jane, who never took an internship in curmudgeonry, but, you know, just is naturally talented in that department. Hello, I am very uh, antisocial. <laughs> I am. And yet, and be, be yet so lovable at the oh, same time, Sarah you're Jane. You're very like... sweet, Frank. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That's usually how most conversations with Frank end. <laughs> Aww. But she, she's layered. She has nuance in a way that perhaps this movie did or did not. But we're going to get to that. We're talking about <laughs> brand new horror comedy slasher whodunit. Uh, I think of it as Clue for the TikTok age. Bodies, bodies, bodies. I'm not familiar with writer Sarah DeLapp, but director Helena Ryan is a... Uh, a very well-known actress and director in the Netherlands. She's Dutch and put together quite a body of work that I'm, I've been told is quite good, but I've never seen anything of hers. Uh, but finally, I uh, did see something of hers, and it's this new movie from A24, who seems to always just put out some interesting, strange little mid-budget horror. And here's the latest version of that. I think you're right, though, about A24. Like, this is very much in their wheelhouse in terms of just, like, they're sort of, like, um, not go for broke, but they're sort of, like, they roll the dice. And I think this is a good example of how they do that. Yeah. It's a small ensemble, almost entirely set in a single location. Uh, the story begins when B, played by Maria Bakalova, and her lover, Amanda Stenberg, 
are going to this ritzy mansion in the middle of nowhere, which appears to be on top of a mountain, for a party with some of Amanda's old friends. Uh, she's clearly from money. Maria is not, so she's a little insecure about meeting this new group of friends who, you know, Amanda tells her, no, no, they're going to be fine. They're great. They're not the way they appear on social media. They're much cooler. They're not. <laughs> it's a very tense environment. Somebody ends up dead, and before you know it, people are being picked off one by one, and we, the audience, have to try to figure out who the hell is producing all of these bodies, bodies, bodies that keep piling up. These are clearly the people you meet when you walk around South by Southwest. They're just like, God, I dislike all of you. I really do. Put down your TikTok and watch the concert, you bastard. I think that what's really great about the fact that that these are people that you... um, can identify with they, they, that they are really just people that you don't want to be stuck in line with let alone be stuck in a mansion with um it really amps up the comedy you know there, there really is no emotional investment toward anyone here um a because it, it, we don't know a lot we don't know like enough about them to um latch onto them and be what we do know we don't really like that much um but i think for me that really sort of like uh, it really let me approach this movie with abandon in, in terms of like uh, you know like embracing the the humor and the absurdity of of them and of their generation because it really is just it is really making fun of the tiktok generation and all that they quote unquote hold dear like i will say like what frank said is like you're trying to get to these characters and admittedly they are relatively thin they are slasher movie depth characters to a lot of extent but they get to play up a lot of those tropes very well. And it plays for a lot of comedy, like Marco referenced Clue, and it's very much into the Clue vein where it's like their gripes with each other are so childish (laughs) and petty and petulant, which you expect from these types of people, which is partially fun, but you don't get a lot of depth. Like there's, there's even like a few like references to infidelity that really seem to amount to nothing that matter to these people because they're all just so vapid. And it's kind of fun for that, but it's also just like, you're not watching the movie for that. You're watching that for the interesting whodunit and like the the wild things they shout at each other. And honestly, it pays off a lot with those. But didn't you appreciate that as well? I think for me, the only time that uh, the film really felt uh, honest at, uh, was when in the third act, when they were uh, airing out these grievances. And they, it happened a couple times before that as well, when it was friends like, okay, we're friends, but now we're really saying what we think about each yeah. other, um, and that's something that's sort of that's sort of something that, that's universal among generations. Um, and I, that's when it felt like, even though the mystery was what I came for, and was far more involving than anything anybody had to say in this movie, I really appreciated. Like, you know, well, nobody really likes you. Nobody really likes you in our group because you're this way. I thought that was a rare moment of honesty in this film that, um, that, you know, it, it rings it, true. It was weird that they even liked each other because they all had, like you said, grievances against each other. And it's like, why are they even friends? You know, they didn't seem to really care about each other that much. They just seem to have money in common more than anything else. Well, history. They do have a history. That's what I was going to say. I think these people are friends more based on their upbringing and their socioeconomic status. There's probably only so many super rich kids you get to hang out with at private school or wherever. And they 
have seem to have grown up with one another. But yes, like Sarah Jane said, none of them seem to particularly like one another. The exception is B, uh, the Maria Bakalova character. She's our audience surrogate. She's the new person in this group. Uh, she's not familiar with them. She's intimidated by them. She clearly doesn't have the kind of wealth. It's heavily implied that she is an immigrant who came to this country who's trying to go to college, but she has fallen madly in love with the Amanda Stenberg character, who, despite coming from the same world as these other horrible people, seems a little bit more approachable. We find out that she has struggled with addiction. The other folks didn't want her to even show up at this party because there's bad blood. The other person in this group, who is a bit of an oddball, who is new to the group, is Lee Pace, who we're told is a vet, and he's ripped, he seems to have some survival skills, knows his way around, and is immediately the first person you start suspecting maybe something's going on with this guy. But everybody in this movie is a suspect at some point. And I love that everybody is a viable suspect mm -hmm. at a certain point. You know, no one's ever just tossed that label because they haven't been tossed it yet in the script. This is a really well-crafted mystery. Like I gotta say, like me and Marco discussed this after the movie is the actual the mechanics of the mystery and how things interact and happen throughout the movie actually check out, which, you know, is one of the hardest things in a movie like this. I remember just even like say, much better movie, but walking into say knives out where it's like, nope, that mystery actually all checks out. You did this right. It's such a rewarding thing here to see that in a movie that's basically a comedy. Uh, more than it is necessarily a slasher a lot of the time. And it's like, well, where you succeed is clearly in your writing and your creativity there because that works. And I mean, also, I think their casting is solid. I, I got to say, points to Pete Davidson. Like, <laughs> the guy's not like the world's greatest actor, but, you know, he got this role that is very much in his wheelhouse and he he ran with it. He, he had the most fun. He surprisingly did well with his character. What do you know? For me, the standout... And I think everyone's going to have like their own standout. You, you, you can't not in this long like It was uh, Rachel uh, Senat um, as Alice. I think she has such an energy about her. I, I'll be real. Like she intrigued me when I saw her in this movie because um, I was a really big fan of uh, Shiva Baby from last year. Which if if anyone has not seen Shiva Baby, it was such an indie darling, uh, which uh, she carried. Um, it's uh, and I don't know anything about Jewish culture, a lot you know a lot, um, and uh, it was it was probably one of the biggest surprises of that year, and so when I saw her in this, I thought, oh, I, I have to watch this, and she really was a standout. She was she's probably the, the most vapid character in this film, but oh my god, she was the most entertaining, um, and she she was the most hysterical for me. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but yeah, Ben, I, I agree with you. This this was so well cast all, all all down the line i like pete davidson um uh, i know a lot of people uh, when you mention his name they roll their eyes but you know i like his the stuff that he does on snl because i actually still watch and uh i think he's funny and i, I think he did a, a, a really good job here i agree i am generally a fan of him i will say that i'm not like i'm not a fan i'm, I'm just glad that he got a role where he got to really thrive here and i think he does i think he steals every one of his mm -hmm. scenes where he knows he's an yeah. asshole. And it's just like seeing you be this vapid tool 20 something, which you play so well is so great. And I got to say, there's a great uh, payoff for him later in the movie that it's just like, <laughs> all right, you nailed that. Both 
wrote the story nails that and just like his performance of that is so perfect. It, it was excruciating to watch, but it was it was it was so well worth it. I think that the mystery of this, uh, the hat trick that it pulls at the end of the day, when you when you look in the last like few minutes, you think, oh, right, oh, well, fuck me, you know. Essentially, it's um, I thought it was brilliant. I think it's biggest weakness for me throughout the movie is just besides the characters being kind of weak, which again works in a slasher kind of movie is just, it's not at all. I would say creatively shot. I think the way this film is shot is just, you don't do anything interesting with being in the dark house. It's just so repetitive of that. There's a few scenes that do stand out where they kind of pull things off, but it's like overall, once the lights go out, it feels very samey for a lot of it. You never really get any of the geography of the house down. It just feels like partially it's a joke. I think that the house is just never ending and it's a maze, but it's like, but it doesn't pay off in any way, especially even when there's a point in the, towards the end where one of the characters shows up behind another one because there's another staircase that they mentioned earlier, but it's like, but that's not clear because no one knows how this house fucking works. And it's, and I think a lot of that problems with the way it's shot is very also easily put up to something that I think all of us just kind of snickered at at the beginning of like literally like a Chekhov's gun moment twice with this car (laughs) where it's like, Jesus, you don't have to telegraph this this hard where you hold a shot on that. Like, it's not a spoiler. The most dull-witted film viewer will pick up what they're saying right away. I I think you're right. There's one time, though, when it does utilize the house in a very clever way, and that's, oh, not a clever way, but in a very visually interesting way. Um, And that's, um, it seen when they go into, like, a gym, I guess at the home gym or whatnot, and that's shot with a a wonderful red light, and and that's actually shot, a sequence that shot really, really well. It's an indoor basketball court. That's the kind of money these people have. And that is one of the better scenes in more interesting locales. Yeah, but then after that, they don't do anything interesting with it after that. It's just that one sequence, and it's an important sequence, but after that, every single scene is sort of set up the same, it's shot the same, it looks the same, it's lit the same. I mean, part of that is a function of the story, because as they arrive, we are told that a hurricane is about to hit. They're in an isolated area. One of the cars, as Ben has implied, is going to have some car trouble sooner than later, and that is telegraphed. And apparently it's explained that everybody else just drove up with this one other guy who's taken off, and none of these rich people have another vehicle. I mean, what's the point of having like a 12-car garage if there's no fucking cars in it? And of course, once the hurricane hits, the lights go out, They have to resort to using flashlights and glow sticks to move around these dark corridors. Cell phone service is completely gone. Everything that you expect in a sort of slasher type scenario uh, happens here, except it's not a grotty cabin in the woods. It's a 50 room mansion in the middle of nowhere. There's, There's a good scene between Sophie and Emma, like in the middle part of the movie that I like where they're like in a hallway and they're like connecting. It's like, that's a well shot scene differently. Like the way it's against the windows and the lighting was good. And there's a few of those. It's just because there are different ways you can use darkness. There's a great hiding scene later in the movie for one of our main characters where it's like, yeah, you know, kind of the way this is shot and set up is actually very different. It just, you know, again, you're trying to play at this big house and I would have appreciated more from that. I, I stayed for the Q and a and they asked, the moderator asked the director that um, 
he felt that it was very stage-like, and sh- and she is mainly a stage director, and so she said she doesn't really mm. know how to shoot movies. <laughs> that she, huh. you know, and so I think that's part of the problem that you guys are mentioning here is that that's why it was sh- she shot it the way it was shot because she wanted it to be stagey. Because a lot of it takes place in like one room for a while. And the scenes go on, I don't know, sometimes they feel like they go on too long. But I think that was a part of her plan also. Well, at the same time, I don't think that even though it, it's not a very interesting film visually, as we pointed out, at the same time, it didn't feel too claustrophobic. Those rooms were too massive. But for her first American feature released through A24, you know, in a big market, in a kind of film that will almost definitely, you know, find an audience. I think it's a good first effort. I mean, it's not her first effort. It's not her first film. But I think she does a pretty damn good job. I don't think it ruins anything. No. I think there's enough here that, like, honestly, you will be laughing frequently. You will be caught up in the mystery where, you know, there's solutions to, again, how the kills happen at the by the end. You get them. They're great. And I think that's good because it keeps you guessing throughout that there's possible multiple suspects that you're considering throughout this whole thing. Um, and it's very nice to see where they can pull that off and keep you guessing till the end because, you know, I can say, like, you know, it's a very simple technically movie concept wise pulled off very, very, you know, comp- I'll say at least competently, if not skillfully in a lot of ways. If the way it's shot when it's a dark set movie in a blacked out house is the biggest weakness, like, no, that is actually a challenge. You took on a challenge and still did a good movie, even if you had some weaknesses. Well, that being said, I think we should start moving towards our final thoughts. Frank, would you kick us off, please? Sure. I I really appreciated this for its... um... Uh, it's murder mystery, whodunit, comedy uh, chops, and it it does have them. I love, love, love when I see a film like this made by someone who clearly loves that genre, has an affinity for it. They've seen Clue, they've seen Murder by Death, they've seen The Last of Sheila, and and they know how to put their own spin on it. And I think that these makers uh, clearly did that. I really hope that this becomes the sleeper hit of of the summer. It deserves to be. I think. That everybody here is fantastic. I think the script is great. It offers commentary. Ben and I were talking about another film before before the film started, um, before this film started, called Vengeance, about how it uh, how that film took stereotypes and didn't just point out stereotypes. They actually commented on those stereotypes. And I think that this film does that as well with the current TikTok generation. It really does force them to uh, to shine them shine their iPhones on themselves. Um, at the same time, this is a very involving mystery. Everybody here is a viable suspect. There are different theories that can come up based on everybody's actions and motives. It's catnip. If you're a fan of this genre, it, it, it's pure candy. I've got very few notes in terms of like stuff that could have been improved. So I'm going to go ahead and give this uh, 9 out of 10 uh, times I listened to the Robbie Williams song bodies <laughs> uh which uh, which has lyrics like all we've ever wanted is to look good naked hope that someone can take it god save me rejection from my, from my reflection i want perfection 
So yeah, go listen to Bodies and then go right. watch this movie. I was going to listen to Bodies by the Sex Pistols, but that's a totally different. <laughs> that's a different vein, yeah. Going to listen to Let the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies hit the floor by Papa Roach. <laughs> bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Sarah Jane. <laughs> Sorry, um, I liked it. I laughed a lot. Um, I had a note, and everybody's already mentioned Clue, but I I had written down it was like Clue on hallucinogenics. Um, I thought this had a really good soundtrack. Um, they were playing it um, before, while we walked in to the screening. And um, I was talking to the woman next to me. And we're like, she's like, who programmed this? And I'm like, I think it's the soundtrack. And so it was really great. I skipped this one at South By. And um, I'm kind of sorry I did. But then not kind of sorry. Because this was a fun screening. And I had had fun with you guys. You know, I don't have an iPhone, but it seems... Do the batteries really last that long? <laughs> I mean, that, that was a really long time. <laughs> Those are rich people's iPhones. They have special I'm, iPhones. I'm going to imagine they had, like, backup batteries since they planned like, with, Yeah, the, the portable portable batteries that you can just... they planned yeah. with flashlights. Like, you're rich enough to buy, like, eight of those, right? It just seemed weird to me because especially um, B was using hers a lot and then she was hiding and then suddenly it was daytime because it seemed like there was a portion of the movie that took place almost in real time when the murder mystery got really started and then all of a sudden then it was daylight and her phone was still working i'm like what but anyway that's just nitpicky stuff I and mean, they're also clearly completely waterproof uh, yes hours. well she had hers in a little pouch <laughs> i noticed um i'm gonna give this uh seven out of ten head of gabblers Nice. Oh, that was, I love that bit. I that was, was laughing so, so hard. And then it came back around and I was like, yes, thank you. I, I noticed that time jump too, Sarah Jane. Okay. I thought, well, that's odd because I think a few hours have transpired. Yeah. Now, but what the hell was going on? But you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not going to f- worry about it too much right now because it's Ben's turn to give us his final thoughts. Uh, yeah. I mean, I honestly was a big fan of this one too. It's, I love Clue. I love a good you know, mystery movie. I love a good whodunit. And honestly, when it comes to horror, I do love a good slasher. So this kind of seemed like it was going to bring all that together. And honestly, as I said, like I have some problems with the way it's shot, but it succeeds so much more than it fails. As Frank said, I do kind of hope it is like a sleeper hit for the summer because this is one of those perfect type of things for, you know, like college kids to go see because it is like a goofy slasher that a lot of them won't realize how much it's making fun <laughs> of them. They'll enjoy it. But it's still great for that. Like, I had a really great time with it. As me and Marco were saying when we got out, it's like, look, it's not, like, the most brilliant damn thing. Like, Marco, you mentioned Vengeance. It's, I think that's a much smarter movie about what it's commenting on here because it is commenting on it in a more broad way. But I think this movie, when it does it, still does it with teeth, which is, I think, why, you know, A24 picked it up. And it's still a really fun one. It's one of those movies that, like, I would pick up and very much be like, have friends over for like a, a dinner night or whatever, game night. And just be like, at the end, it's like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? Like, you know, we should be watching. Like, hey, have you seen Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? Like, that'd just be a fun thing after a game night and drinking of just like, let's turn this on and have a good time. So, I, I mean, I can't recommend it enough. You know, again, flaws and all, it's still one of those like, if you saw the trailer and you had any interest in this movie, it's for you. That's pretty much the answer. So, I'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten fancy sleep masks. <laughs> I mean, I'm on board with you guys. Uh, Is it perfect? No. But boy, does this play great with an audience. I mean, honestly, 
there are certain films that, you know, are just enhanced by watching it with a crowd. And I think this is one of them. Through the laughs, through the gasps, through the occasional jump scare, that'll get you through a lot of some of the implausibility, some of the logic or time gaps, some moments of filmmaking that feel like they're not as polished as they could have been. Could this have been done better in the hands of a different director? Perhaps. But I think Helena Ryan really just does a great job of just putting a laser focus on her characters. These are not sharply drawn characters, but they are sharply written, if that makes any sense. You don't really have a good sense of who these people are. They're all one or two notes, but everybody plays those notes really, really well. And when they do occasionally allow themselves to be a little more honest with themselves, then yeah, the, the character cracks open a little bit and we see the person underneath. We just don't get very much of it. And frankly, the person underneath still isn't very interesting and certainly not likable. But ultimately, the pleasures of this film are largely schematic, as Ben was saying. You know, yes, it all adds up. Yes, it does cut together really well. The occasional logic gap be damned. You had a good time. And by the end, you go, oh, yeah, that's, that's how the mystery played out. Whether I will ever watch this again, I don't know. Knowing how it ends, I, I'm like, I'm satisfied. I don't need to see it again, but perhaps on a second watch, I will find it a, a richer, more rewarding experience. Only time will tell. Meanwhile, I'm happy to see uh, anything else Helena Ryan does, because I think, like Frank said, this could be a little sleeper hit, and it could open the doors for some bigger opportunities for her to come. And I look forward to seeing what that might be. Uh, I'm going to give this... Eight out of ten champagne bottles opened with a Gurkha sword. <laughs> because, you know, you totally don't lose any more champagne opening it <laughs> yeah, you know, that way. It's not the most efficient <laughs> way to open something, Frank. It's just the coolest looking. It's just the coolest. I'd rather have the extra champagne, though, but that's just me. 